Ah, great to be back. Woohoo, my foot's holding out. It's good. Does anyone like my little slipper sock? Yeah. I tried to do a neutral, so. Um, anyway, life is crazy, y'all. Um, I had actually, uh, no kidding, I just had the pins taken out on Wednesday. Um, so I'm six weeks out. On November 30th, I have the left done. Not even, I'm going to have the left done. Not even kidding. So I've got this weird PTSD, like knowing what I went through with the right. But getting the pins out, um, two of them to get out, the doctor had to make another incision because they were inside. So he makes the incision, he numbs my foot, and then I'm like, okay, you know, I'm sure he'll just, you could see them like poking out of my skin. So I'm like, these clearly are just right there. He's going to be like, uh, no, he had to stand on a stool above me with a pliers and was like yanking them out, and it took him four tries. It's a miracle I'm here, you all. Um, no, but I'm, I'm grateful. So um, the only problem is I used to like run and play tennis, and now I can't. Um, but the problem is I'm still eating pastries. Um, so by the time this five to six month saga ends, uh, we'll, see, we'll see how we do. In fact, I was just telling Sarah at the break, another one of my mom, awesome mom things was, this was a couple months ago. She looks over at me at breakfast and is like, huh, you know, I don't think you're as fat as you used to be. I don't know how fat I used to be, but I, it's not like I feel all that thin now. So I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to take it. Um, all that to say, I want to say something here, and because I'm up here, I can just do it, y'all, okay? Um, it is so fabulous to see who has shown up here. Um, even during the break, just having some great conversations. And I want to quickly, before I begin, I want us all to pray for Lori. I had the chance to meet Lori. Um, Lori came to Jesus after 9-11, which I didn't even get that story of what in the world about planes going into buildings causes you to... I guess you just need to run to Christ when you realize stuff like that. But y'all need to find out... Uh, her story, but she is also going through stage four cancer right now. And she came today and she um, is also um, had a marriage that didn't work out and is just saying, you know, she's learned a ton um, just from stuff. You know, I hear so many folks who had marriages, uh, failed marriages for whatever reason. And, um, you know, two things I hear. One, oh, I wish I would have known this before going into my first marriage. And two, um, what if God gave me a chance and that was my chance and he's not going to give me another chance? And, you know, I'm used, I'm used up or I'm damaged goods or I'm whatever. We know that's not true. I just want to pray um, for Lori right now before we begin. Heavenly Father, thanks for bringing Lori here. Thank you for everyone that is here and whatever is going on in their own heart and their own story. And I just thank you that Lori in even a few minutes shared, me a piece, shared with me a piece of hers we come before you right now, God, um, first of all, for divine healing, for intervention um, in her body. Um, God, we know that, you know, stage four, it's a number, it's a statistic, it's a diagnosis, but it has nothing to do with you and your sovereign will. Uh, we know that you superintend our days. They are all numbered. And you know, uh, you know where her life trajectory is going from here. But I just thank you for the many ways you've used her uh, thus far, and what you are growing in her own heart right now. We just come uh, before you on behalf of our dear sister, Lord, ask you to give her peace and comfort and strength and courage as she walks through this journey. I pray that she will have a community of friends and uh, church members and others who will come around and lift her up, um, literally and, uh, and spiritually, as she walks through these dark days. And we commit her to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Lori. Okay, folks, um, 
we're going to walk through dating 101. How many here, raise your hands, think you're experts on dating? Oh, no one? What? There's always one or two. Come on. Um, Well, we're going to have fun because this is, if you thought the last one was kind of down and dirty, nuts and bolts, this one really is. Um, But I I infuse a little bit of scripture into it to make it sound super spiritual. Um, So we'll see... uh, see how I do with that. Okay. I, uh, when I spoke at CC, this was another precious example from that, that time downtown. I did my whole talk there. And then this guy came up to me and he was, you know, college student, whatever. And he's like, okay, Lisa, I totally get what you're saying here, but how do I actually start dating? And I was like, you precious little thing. I mean, how, part of me was like, um, I'm pretty sure I shared some stuff during this talk, so were you not paying attention? But, um, but it is true. Sometimes we can just feel at a loss. Either we have tried stuff and it hasn't worked, or we don't know where to begin, or our parents, like my parents gave me no direction, y'all. I am not even, I didn't even get the sex talk from my parents. I got that from the public schools. I'm not even kidding. I mean, there is no, there is nothing my parents would have said, my mom um, told my brother when he was like three or four years old in the bathtub that he had a tail. And it was just, no, I'm, I'm not even kidding you guys. So there was some misinformation given by my parents on a number of fronts. Um, so clearly there are, clearly there's a lot of confusion out there, okay? Um, We're going to highlight Focus Focus and Boundless, uh, in particular, had the opportunity to be part of a project that we have now actually sold off to another company, a documentary company. Um, And I'm hoping, I'm thinking they're going to release this at some time in the near future. I'm still waiting to hear on a timeline. But we had the opportunity to be part of creating it. And uh, this illustrates a little bit of the angst around dating. And so I'm going to have Evan run this video clip. Hey, what's up? What's up? How you, you doing good? Nice to meet you. You are really attractive and I'm nervous. You complete me. I, I, look me in the eyes. I love you. Uh, hi, I'm Chris. Uh, I'm an active listener. My name is Cecilia Lucia Campos Gutierrez. I am single. My name is Rashida Winfield. There's like single, married, and then there's extra single. And that's the one that I would check off. What is dating? Dating is food, that's so question. <laughs> I wish I knew. I don't really think that anyone knows how to date. Like, it's not a skill that our generation really has. Story of boy meets girl girl really likes boy. Girl thinks that boy really likes girl. I wish you could just be old school. You know, like he looked at me, I looked away. There's not that, you know, gentleman and lady kind of feel to dating. No limits anymore. Like making out isn't hooking up anymore. It's way further than that. There's a ridiculous amount of pressure with women. We're flawed. Like Mr. Close Enough is out there. Mr. Perfect, he's nowhere to be found. I saying everybody needs to get married. It can be wonderful to be single, but know this, unless you're willing to commit to something greater than yourself, to other people, you'll look back going, I wanted more out of this. What has the society come to that has made it so difficult for us to connect with someone on an emotional, spiritual level to actually embrace the meaning of love? 
this is why I'm single, but the only thing I ask of a woman is that they replace you. <laughs> is that bad? Is that bad? Do you think women turn away from that? <laughs> oh, heaven's oh. sakes. You know, that's... <laughs> That's uh, Chris. He's a fun guy. He's the youngest of 10. So his mom is like 90. Um, super cute. She's, a, she's hilarious. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I am going to do my best to hit this time. Okay, so we're going to blaze through some stuff. But you could see there, there's a lot of angst around that. Now, some of the, some of the folks in that documentary are not believers. Some are like seekers. Um, I think Rashida, the African-American girl, is a, is a believer. She had recently kind of come back to her faith. But you could see just the questions, the frustrations, um, all different life stages, ages, whatever, um, that come into play when you talk about dating. Um, there are a lot of people who would love it if uh, you could open up the Bible to first and second dating and get all the information that you need from Jesus himself about what dating is, Um, but there isn't. But what the Bible has is a ton of prescriptive relational wisdom, and we can apply that. And I love uh, in 1 Timothy, this is a great example of that. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Of course, the emphasis is mine there. I love this verse because I think it gives us a framework and it's something that was kind of mind-blowing to me when I first entered, um, entered this space. I, um, I, my background is in journalism and then public relations, corporate PR is where I did a lot of my work uh, before coming to focus on the family, but I led Focus's PR team for a while. And while I was doing that, I repped this ministry called Boundless and uh, it was run by three married guys at the time. And they were like, meanwhile, I was dating. And they're like, Lisa, you seem to be dating some losers. And uh, we might be able to help you if you would be willing to like listen to some of our wisdom. And I was like, what? I said, no, I know how to date. I know what I'm doing. I know, whatever. Um, But then I totally crashed and burned on several occasions. And so then I circled back with them. And uh, they and their wives became became great mentors to me. Because what I realized is even growing up in the church, I had taken on a lot of passive attitudes toward dating. Dating and marriage for me had become about a plan C. Um, And it wasn't that I was anti-marriage or anti-dating. It was just that I was very assumptive about it. I assumed, um, hello, I'm great. Someone's going to come find me, okay? Um, And then when he didn't, I was like completely um, frustrated and leveled. Uh, In fact, my 30th birthday, I woke up, I say uh, in the book, it's when I realized I was single, like not really, but you know, that whole, this is not how my life was going to be scripted. Um, But I love this framework because, um, first of all, look at the bottom of the verse, absolute purity. Um, Purity is not about sexual activity. Purity begins in your mind and in your heart. And the way you approach people, the way you think of people, the way you relate to other people, as we're called to do it with purity, that means with good, biblical, purposeful, God-honoring, God-glorifying intention and attention. And so um, younger men as brothers, younger women as sisters, we are all brothers and sisters, y'all. And I think we've lost that idea. Now, what would you do in, re- in relationship with a brother or sister? 
Now, assuming that you like generally like them and want to honor them, <laughs> you know, if you haven't completely cut them off for whatever reason, whatever, um, you would want to love them well. You would want to honor them. You would want to do things for their good. You would want to do things for their well-being. And that is exactly how we should be treating one another within the church. Now, there are a lot of implications for this, including that of boundaries and purity and all kinds of stuff. We'll maybe touch on that a little bit. But um, the bigger idea of this is more having that framework of the way I relate to other people in my life until the ring is on the finger and I have committed to someone covenantally before God is they are a brother or sister in Christ. Now, they may become your spouse someday, but while you are dating, you are dating someone's future spouse. You don't know that they're gonna be your spouse. You do not know that. So you are dating someone's future spouse if in fact God calls them to marriage. Will you be able to, and I'm not even talking, I mean, this, this could be related to sex and pornography and boundaries and where, how going too far and all kinds of stuff, but I'm just talking about how you treat them as a fellow brother and sister in Christ, an image bearer of God. If you broke up with them, would you be able to sit next to them in church, worship next to them, serve alongside them, love Jesus alongside them and have it be Okay. That's a great thing to think about going into a relationship. That's a great framework to have because you don't want to be caught up in a big train wreck, yard sale of nuttiness, damaged emotions, you know, broken physical relationships, um, anger, uh, you know, this whole idea that like, oh my goodness, we dated and we broke up, so someone's got to leave this church or someone's got to leave this small group or someone's got to be... Like, ridiculous. That's ridiculous, y'all. So, um, remember, you are relating to brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, that said, here's another scripture. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A lot of us have heard this verse. I want to draw attention, given my English background, that finds is an active verb. (laughs) Finds... Finds actually means find, okay? Now, I'm not saying that you don't wait for God or that you don't let God enter your story or that you're all gonna be like Mac Daddy player, you know, mowing through singles groups and stuff like that. No, we don't need that. In fact, I had one guy, uh, we hosted a conference a couple years ago at at Focus for Boundless called Pursuit, and we had a and a I'm looking forward to the Q&A. It's like my favorite time of a day when I speak on this stuff because things get crazy, people. Things get crazy, especially when you're allowed to be anonymous. Sometimes I don't let you be anonymous. I'm like, you want to ask that question? You're going to stand up here and do it. Um, but, um, but this one guy stood up, and this was in front of like 450 single adults. And he's like, Lisa, and we had a panel. He's like, Lisa, um, I have in the last month and a half asked out 26 women and they have all turned me down. And Joshua Rogers, who's one of our contributors, who was a full-on mess himself when he was dating, and just by the grace of God and his wonderful wife, he climbed out of that. Um, but he's so, he tells so many stories on himself that are like so awesome and so instructive for guys and women. And he's like, dude, he said, I'm going to be honest with you right now, and I'm going to say that could be you. <laughs> and then he used it to circle back around and say, you know, sometimes... 
you need to step back and see what are the things you need to be working on. Because 26 times, yeah, that's, that's a numbers game at that point. Okay, but finding is active. So you want to pursue. Um, and I'm a big fan of guys being willing uh, to pursue and women being allowed to respond. And I'm not gonna get all crazy and be like, women, if you ever ask a guy out, God is going to slap your hand and never get you married. No, I'm not gonna say that, but I think as a general framework, um, it is good to allow men to pursue. So he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So what would be the converse of this? Uh, not he who sits around assessing women to see if they're good enough, then does reconnaissance to determine their level of interest, and then invites them on a vague non-date to see what happens. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have been on that date. Yeah. Um, so there is an active nature to dating, and there is a, a part that we have to play in it, and it's a good part. Uh, so I want to walk through just a few principles that I have learned over, uh, over the, the years that I have applied in my own life, um, and, uh, and ones that have really been game changers for me. Okay, first up, we've got to ditch the Hollywood script, okay? We have all inherited a script that things are going to happen a certain way, and it usually involves like you're going to fall madly in love at first sight, or you're going to hate each other, and then the more you hate each other initially means the more amazing your relationship will be in the end. <laughs> Cue every version of Pride and Prejudice right here. Um, <laughs> Every, I mean, yeah, this is, this is for real, you guys. Um, this idea that there is some kind of story that works out better than another story, and if you have this story, it means you're going to have a better relationship, is totally nutty. Now, there are specific parameters around this that I see play out. Um, for guys, um, and I'll just pull a couple of them. I go, I go through several of them in the book, but for guys, there's one called, um, I want a supermodel who writes Bible studies, Okay. <laughs> This is the guy who's looking for um, the, the Giselle Bündchen, who is also a smidge of Martha Stewart and a little bit of Beth Moore. And bonus, if she teaches young children, drinks fair trade coffee, and you know, drives a Prius or whatever. Um, guys have this idea you know, that they're gonna come in and they're gonna be this rescuer but what they realize is they're trying to find ways to compensate for their own weaknesses and their own insecurities by looking for weak women and looking for women that they're going to be able to rescue or be able to... I am not, I'm not even kidding. Like I told you, I, I was like a sensible woman and I'm watching these guys ask out and get engaged to women that I'm like, oh my gosh, dude... I actually know her pretty well, and I can't say that I would date her. You know, I mean, it's just like, now some of that was bitterness and whatever, but, um, but still, um, we've got to ditch the Hollywood script. Women, the way that this plays out for us is um, we want to be able to, um, to work on a project. So we're going to take on these project guys. Um, you know, you've seen them too in movies because it's like um, the dude in the wedding date, Dylan McDermott. Um, yeah, okay, so he's a, he's a gigolo. Um, but that's okay because he went to Brown and he's working on a novel and he just has a few daddy issues, but once those are cleared up, he's gonna be a genuinely legit guy. And he's gonna go on this weekend with you and decide he wants to marry you after that. Um, or we have this princess mentality, okay? And I know... 
I am not saying that we are not God's princesses, y'all. Okay, we are. We are daughters of the king. But this idea that it is um, assumptive and almost um, it is owed to us to be treated in a certain way, that we are better than all these guys, that we are, like I, I have had women come up to me. I had a girl come up to me once after I spoke and she's like, Lisa, the thing is I need to marry John Piper. And I was like, um, okay. First of all, John Piper is married, so he is not eligible for you. Um, but second, John Piper was not John Piper at 22 years old. John Piper was some kind of idiot running around South Carolina who could barely keep his head on straight, who was probably a jerk. And he is who he is today, one, by the influence of the Holy Spirit, two, age, three, the influence of his wife, Noel. I mean, ladies, we need to be looking for trajectory, okay? You find a guy that has his head on straight, loves Jesus, and is heading in the right direction, go to dinner with that guy. I don't care if he has a pocket protector. I don't care if he's weird. I don't care if he has dad jokes. I mean, I don't care. You go on a date with that guy. You don't sit around and act like you are too good for everyone because that was my 20s and my 20s had me single and I entered my 30s still single because I thought I was too good for every guy. You know what I did in my 30s? I tried to make up for lost time and I dated the loser crowd. Um, then it was like giving everyone a chance. So total nightmare. Um, so ditch the Hollywood script, get out of this idea that we deserve things or things are gonna happen in a certain way. The stars are gonna align, Puccini's gonna start to play. Um, this is gonna be so obvious to you. Um, it's not, it's gonna require prayer. It's gonna require some boots on the ground. It's gonna require some hardcore accountability uh, to get the whole thing done. That said, you need to assemble a team. Okay, this is another thing that I go after singles on because y'all just think that you can do this on your own. I don't want to tell people that I want to be married because that sounds desperate and sad and my friend got married at 21 and I'm already 24 and what in the world? Um, I mean, I've had girls in college campuses come up to me in tears because they are not, they are leaving college and they're still single. And I'm like, oh my word. But I have to remind myself, this is the oldest they've ever been. And so for them, they probably seem ancient, you know? And I'm like, girl, you know, you just wait until you're where I am. But I don't say that because they're in tears. Um, but you need to get a team. You need to, the first thing you need to do, if you seriously want a biblical godly marriage in your future, if it is God's will, and I'm not saying that it is for everyone and I'm not saying that it is for you right now, but if you want that in your future, you tell anyone and everyone that you know in your church, in your family, in your workplace, in your sphere of acquaintance, that you desire marriage, that you honor marriage, that you think marriage is a good thing, that you would hope that marriage is in your future. Because if you don't, you are dishonoring the idea of marriage and you are doing a disservice to yourself. There is nothing wrong or shameful about admitting that marriage is a good thing and marriage could be for you. But then you need a team. I have one of my former, former co-workers, I thought this was brilliant, she and four of her girlfriends met together weekly to pray for their future marriages. Um, at one point, they created a prayer card. I, I'm talking about a la missionary prayer cards with their photos on it and their names, and they sent it out to their friends, to their parents' friends, to people they knew were godly mentors, um, to pastors, 
And they said, would you pray for us? Would you join us in this journey? And um, it was just so cool to see that and to be like, you go girls, because you're not ashamed. You're not ashamed to say that this is a good thing. I get all like teary when I think of it. Um, Like super, super awesome. Um, Now in assembling your team, when it comes down to the actual like legwork of, of helping you make good matches, you need to find people who are discerning. I'm for, you know, for prayers, cast the net wide, telling people, cast the net wide, because you never know who might know people, who knows people, who knows people. But when it, we're talking about your boots on the ground team that's going to actually like keep their eyes and ears open for you, find people who are godly, who are discerning, who have wisdom, who have good marriages that you would like to emulate. Those kind of people are good to have in your corner. Um, I had to fire my mom off my team. Um, She one day called me up. She was living in Minnesota at the time, and she's like, Lisa, there was a new single man in my church. When you come out here, you need to meet him. So I'm trying to remain open-minded. I'm like, Mom, give me the scoop. What's his deal? Where'd he come from? What's he about? And she's like, oh, no, I haven't met him. I just saw the back of his head. I'm like, is this, is this really what it's come to, mom? This is where we are. The backs of men's heads are enough for your daughter um, to consider a relationship with. Um, turns out this guy, she found out more information about him. He is a bovine geneticist. Did you know that exists? I didn't. He's a bovine geneticist and spends about five months of the year out in fields in North Dakota uh, birthing calves. And uh, so I was able to kind of circle back and be like, mom, this is where we bring into account like life directions, like where my life's going, where, you know, there are other other things at play here, but but you want to have people that have wisdom. What better place? This is where like the Jewish community, um, the Mormons to some extent, extent, the Indian community has a leg up on us because they still see the value in this. They still see the value in your family, your friends, the people who love and know you best, why would they not be the best people to help you find a good fit, a good match? Oh no, but we're going to go online, we're going to go on Tinder, we're going to go speed dating, we're going to go do all sorts of nonsense to try to find someone and do, you know, weirdo, like, borderline Ouija board, like, you know, extrication of, like, you know, whatever, to try to find a mate, rather than being like, you know what? The church did this in the past. Community did this in the past. Um, So get your team together. What this team will do for you is uh, they're going to help you find good matches, but you know what they're also going to do? They're going to keep you accountable in the process. They're not going to let you get crazy. They're not going to let you... um, I remember one of my friends, she was uh, one of my coworkers, she was online dating. She had just started for the first time. And she has like 40-some matches in her inbox. And she's agonizing over it because she's such a tender spirit that she didn't want to close any guy out. You know, she's like, well, what if I don't want to make him feel bad? And one of our guy coworkers comes over and he's like, I'm going to eliminate 37 of these for you right now. And he just goes through and helped her out. And he ended up being such a great resource because he's like player, player, lying, not a Christian, weird, you know, sex offender, whatever. Um, He just had eyes that she did not have, and he needed to step into her space and do what she could not do for herself. So we need people to do that. To this point, I'm going to give you a point that I think can be game-changing in your dating relationship, because I told you I'm a high T and I couldn't date well. I got crazy. So I know that you can't do it either, okay? 
So here's what you're gonna do. In your team, you're gonna pick three people who have their heads on straight, who love the Lord, who love you, who know what things are about, who know something about relationships, preferably people um, you know, that you have a married person in there maybe to kind of have advice from the other side of the fence, but, but whatever, that doesn't matter. But these people, if you are dating someone and they all agree, all three of these people agree that this person is a loser, you dump that person, no questions asked. You allow them to jump into your space and to say, okay, I may not have, I may be crazy here. I may not know what I'm seeing. I may not, I was just telling, um, Lori, at the break, I had a friend who met a guy online, married him. Two of us friends came in and we're like, no, something's not okay with this guy. We met him. We're like, "Mm, this does not sound right. He's given you this line about his, he had been divorced, about his marriage, blah, 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 blah. No, you don't know him like I know him. You don't know. You don't know what we share. You don't know. I've talked to his pastor, you know, I think he said his pastor said that blah, blah, blah. She never talked to his pastor. She married him, and in six months, he had cheated on her and left her. And it is the, the power of a team of people that you are willing to let have fresh eyes in your situation. We cannot underestimate that. All right, then you're going to make your list. Now, you are not going to make a list like I did in junior high. This is when my youth pastor, bless his heart, um, we had that little talk on dating and sexuality and whatever, and the guys and girls were divided up. I don't even know what the guys talked about, probably just porn or something. But the girls, because we were all princesses, we were supposed to sit down, take out a sheet of paper, and write down the 50 things that we wanted in our future husband. Okay, I had about three things on my list that included is a Christian, loves Jesus, and then four through 50 just was stupid, okay? Um, You know, I got down to like hair color and height and preference of music and all kinds of stuff. Okay, well, here's what's awesome. So any of you on pastoral staff, please listen up because I would advise you don't do this because it is unscriptural. Um, So then he's like, okay, now take your list and tape it up on your bathroom mirror and pray about it every day until God brings you the husband with all these 50 qualities. Okay, this kept me single, guys. (laughs) Well well through my teens, let me tell you that. I think after college, I finally ditched it because I just finally had too many other issues in my life I had to deal with. At that point, all my baggage I'd accumulated. Um, but these, these outrageous lists are not helpful. In fact, they can be counterproductive. You do need a list, but your list needs to have about four or five things on it. And that is, is a follower of Jesus Christ, is actively growing in their faith. So again, getting back to those markers of maturity, not just a Texan, not just an American, not just a tweeter, Um, someone who you know is legitimately pursuing Jesus Christ and is actively listening to the Holy Spirit in their life. They are humble and teachable, which means that when, when you see them in your sphere of acquaintance and someone approaches them with a rebuke or a correction or is asking them to grow, is asking them to be part of that men's small group, they're not all like, oh no, I just play billiards on Friday night, I can't do a small group. No, they need to be in a group. They need to have people in their lives, okay? And when it comes to it, they are going to be teachable uh, with correction. They are going to be listening to the Holy Spirit. They're going to be listening to the Word of God. They're going to be listening to elders and pastors and teachers, and they're going to be listening to mentors. They have mentors um, in their lives. Um, Also on this list um, should be that they have a group 
of um, friends in their life who they are actively involved with. So I'm, I mentioned, you know, pastors and teachers and stuff, but they also have peers that they're accountable to and that they're doing life with. Um, any person you see and you want to date that is a lone ranger, run away. That person is a poser or they are um, resistant to, um, to correction or to life or whatever. They're just trying to flow solo and it's not cool. Um, so make sure that they are in community. Um, also, they should be headed in the same general direction that you are. Either you have a calling that you can share or they have a calling that you can join. Okay, so I remember this girl asking me, she's like, okay, well, I want to marry this guy, but he's an accountant and he really feels called to stay in Iowa, but I know I'm supposed to be in, um, I think it was Uganda. And I'm like, okay, at this point, someone's calling needs to change or you guys are not a good fit. Because, you know, unless you're going to do a transcontinental relationship, with mo which most people would not recommend, um, you just need to look at the facts here and realize this. So, um, you know, you have all heard the analogy, I think it's a good one, about just run the Christian race, see who is beside you. That is probably a good person to ask out to coffee. You know, and I'm not talking about like getting all weird and like, you know, ladies picking out China after the first date and writing your name with theirs and stuff. But I'm talking about like, you know, maybe, maybe do something with them, consider them, see what's up. Um, because a list is not a bad thing. You have to have your non-negotiables. You have to know what you're about. Otherwise, you're going to be at sea. You're going to be just choosing anyone. Like me, I just, I had my era of too many chances. If a guy was a believer, I would date him, but I didn't look at any other parameters. I'm just like, oh, you know, well, okay. I know he's like super like attached to his mother, like, you know, but uh, I don't know, maybe he'll attach to me, you know, and so, or... <laughs> You know, just, just weird stuff. I mean, I went, I went out with this guy. Um, I met him online, and he was from a different state. He came out for like a four-day trip, stayed with one of my pastors, so at least I got that part right. Um, but other than um, a couple Starbucks runs that we did, uh, I paid for everything we did that entire date. So my friends, who are staging an intervention for me after the state went down... Um, <laughs> They're like, you know, Lisa, we don't really think... The blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, left and right, no. I'm sure he just felt weird. He didn't want to come across as a chauvinist or he didn't want... You know, he did pay for a plane ticket out here and he told me he bought like a $175 pair of jeans to come out. So I'm sure there's that. I'm sure, you know, he did buy the coffee and I'm sure it was just he felt awkward. And I'm sure if I go out there, he'll pay for everything. Yeah, right. Um... <laughs> And they're like, I remember them just looking at me and they just paused and then they're like, or he's a jerk. <laughs> and of course I'm like, no, no. And I, this guy called me every day for a month after this and he would not, I finally had to be like, so is this relationship like going anywhere because we spent five days together and I'm just kind of wondering, he's like, oh yeah, well, I don't know, like would you consider moving to Portland just to kind of see what happens? Like for a non-relationship? No. And so I finally had to cut it off with the guy. But again, a month. Hello. I mean, my poor friends, they're just like, Lisa, we told you. What are you doing? Anyway, so make your list, but be, don't get crazy. Ask or accept. This is where I believe that guys should do the asking, women should do the accepting. Not a hard and fast rule by any means. Have freedom in it, people. There's freedom in Christ. But I think most women, in fact, most married women that I ask, when I talk to women about um, how their husbands treated them if they were passive in dating, if they say that he was passive in dating, 
he's probably going to take passivity into marriage, okay? So this idea that you're going to call all the shots, and then when you get married, your husband is going to be like some amazing leader who just like took on, you know, Andy Stanley's, all of his points of leadership, and it's just like locked in, um, probably not going to happen. If you're going to date a guy that's passive and lame, you're going to marry a guy that's passive and lame, okay? So, and I'm not saying, this is not about like guys having to be the bad guy or the, um, the bad boy or guys having to be extroverts or guys having to be super like suave. Um, some of the best guys that I've dated have been the super quiet types who are just like, you know what, I know who I am and you're all, you know, you supposedly know who you are and I'm okay with that, you know? They just have a quiet confidence that they know who they are. Be okay with that. Um, so guys, to this point, when you ask, ask, okay? This is called going on a date. This is not calling, this is not called, you know, putting, throwing out some vagary that she has to wonder if she's responding to a date or to a, a small group, you know, a social night or whatever. Say, I would actually like, you know, I, I think you're a really interesting person. Like what you shared in small group, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in doing dinner with me sometime? Would you, be, would you actually be willing to go out on a date with me? Call it a date and then follow through. And don't be like, don't show up on the date and then be like, wow, well, what do you want to do? Oh my goodness. If that drives, that, guys, that drives women to eat pints of Ben and Jerry's. I mean, nonsense, total nonsense. Do not be lame, Okay. That said, ladies, if a guy asks you out and he is legit, go out with him. Do not be dumb. Do not say you're dating Jesus. Do not say, do not say you want to be friends for 10 years while you figure out what, if the guy you really like is going to ask you out. Whatever. Go out with this guy. I'm so tired of women just like hemming and hawing about guys not asking them out, but then when they do ask him out, they turn him down. You know, I mean, if this guy is like a criminal or he like physically repulses you when he walks into your sphere, you don't have to go out with him. And neither does this guy have to ask you out. I mean, it's a free country, people. But at the same time, don't be dumb. Give someone a chance if they're legit, if they're of good character, you've heard good things about them, they've been in your sphere, you know, you know that they've got things that they're about. Be okay with that. Um, and do not, I think all the guys will cheer when I say this, if you don't want to go out with them, please just tell them. Do not be specific. Call it like it is. Don't say, you know, oh, well, you know, I've, I've maybe would like to, but let me look at my calendar. And then you totally ghost them or go on the fade or you're super weird about it. And then you, you know, you, again, now you're going to another church because you can't talk to him because you couldn't be honest with him. Just say, and don't say, you know, say, I am not interested in dating you. Do not say, I am interested, I'm not interested in dating you now or right now. That gives them hope for the future. If you're not interested, say you're not interested. Let them go. They can handle it, okay? Make it happen. All right. So that said, is this a date? Quick video. What's going on? Hey, Joe. Oh, man, it was a crazy day at work. Really? Yeah, I should have just picked you up for this. That would have worked. I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad you're here, though. Am I late? I'm just glad that he asked me out. No, you're just fine. All right. Yeah. 
Okay, so I haven't hung out with her in probably about three weeks, so I figured it's probably time that I give her a chance again here. So, Joe, I've been missing seeing you at Fireside. I know, it's been crazy. I mean, Pizza Hut's like working me crazy. I it, can imagine. Anyway, I mean, it's nothing, nothing personal. I just been busy. Well, but yeah. thanks for that email. Yeah. I really love yeah, that email. definitely. You bet. He emailed me during the week. I think he was thinking of me. I have no idea what email she's talking about. I remember forwarding her a few jokes and a stupid story that someone else gave me. Oh, it was that video clip. That was hilarious. So yeah, you know, I just thought you were never gonna call and ask me to coffee. Well, you know, like I said, it'd been too long, so I figured I saw you scrolling through my phone the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, just one of those things. But uh, yeah, we'll do this again sometime. He asked me on a second date. Yes, definitely. Good. <laughs> okay, so we should do this again sometime. He asked me out on a second date. Okay, so she's clearly desperado. He's just a jerk. So they're totally at different, you know, they're at odds. They, they are not communicating. Um, obviously, there's a lot that goes into play there, and that's just funny. But know what you're about when you're going into this and know how to approach it. I'm going to blaze through these last few really quickly because we're um, running out of time. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Well, there you go. See? We don't need to eat, people. It's all good. Okay. Oh, Evan's going to get me off the video. On to the next. All right. Okay. So we, we talked about asking or accepting. Um, next up. Here's some first date success, uh, because I find a lot of people, they actually get a date, and then they're so freaked out by the fact that they got a date that they don't know what to do. So, um, and they can kind of crash and burn. Uh, just a few little pointers. One, I mean, when you, again, you want to call it a date. You want to be proactive. Guys, go in with a plan. Go in, um, you know, find out what some of her preferences are. Like I had one guy, or one of my friends who, um, and she had actually like told him this. They'd been in, uh, in church together and stuff and she hates sushi he brought her to sushi and so she felt like super and it was it, it was kind of like you know oh, okay I mean don't don't pick something that's kind of like you know an outlier kind of activity also do not pick pick something that's going to spark conversation so you know this is not the time to like engage in something akin to the amazing race this is not a uh, time to like say oh you know you need to wear something really formal because that makes her feel really weird and you know she won't uh won't have a good <laughs> good vibe about that having to super dress up or whatever um do something that sparks conversation and that allows you the time to get to know one another a little bit and leave something something for the next time around, if there is a next time. So um, it's also not the time, and there are common, common, um, you know, just tips, like the whole, the smartphone thing, leave it in your purse, leave it in your pocket, do not be um, fubbing people. Um, and we just did a post on that for Boundless, um, where you're giving priority to people or to texts or to notifications when you should be on your date. Um, it's, it's sad that we have to be reminded of this, but we're just, we're doing it so often. I'm totally, um, 
I'm totally guilty of it, and I gotta gotta stop it too. So, um, just common respect and courtesy. Both of you going into the date, come up with some questions in your head ahead of time that you want to ask this person because it is super annoying when people talk only about themselves. You will have a propensity to talk about yourself. You may think you're introverted. You may think you have nothing to say. You may think that you're just a quiet little mouse. But you're going to talk about yourself because you're going to be nervous, or you're just going to be a, an egomaniac and. Uh, <laughs> if you are that, you know, I've probably dated you. But anyway, um, uh, so have some questions. Now, do not have them on your phone or iPad or a flip chart. Have them in your head. Like, be, be cool about it, okay? Um, you know, and nothing super intrusive. Um, the other thing is, don't give out too much too soon. A friend had to tell me this. Um, I went out with this awesome guy. I had been um, hooked up at this uh, speaking event in the Midwest, and some friends set us up. And he was just this super fabulous guy, and I was so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's legit and he's single. So we go out, and I go into like my super interviewer mode because I host a show. So I'm like interrogating him. <laughs> Meanwhile, he asks me like one question because he probably figures like I should get to know something about you in, in between this interrogation. Well, then I just volunteer all this information. I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure if he wants to know this about me, he'll want to know this as well. And my friend's like, dude, you left like no mystery for this guy. This guy had no space to ask you anything legit because you just volunteered everything. To that point, this is also not the time to be talking about your exes, your anger against men, um, your past brokenness, past sexual history. Um, you know, no lead. This is just a time to get to know a person, and there will be a time if this goes somewhere to go into some of those things and to go uh, deeper and to you know you're not you're not pulling out budget spreadsheets and being like, please show me your portfolio, please show me where are you in this. Um, there will be time for that. This is not the time. Likewise, this is not uh, time to bring out your eccentricities, okay? Um, I am a huge fan of Southern gospel music. If anyone knows Bill Gaither and his homecoming friends, I love them. Um, but I get so excited about the Gaithers that I scare people. Um, and I have scared some potential dates with this. I like to think that I'm balanced because I also love hip-hop. But when I only pull out my crazy Southern gospel commentaries um, on a first date and I don't talk about other more well-rounded things, I do not get called back, okay? Um, I mean, so, so guys, you know, this is, I, I'm sure that your 100 um, t-shirts, Star, you know, Star Wars t-shirt collection is super awesome, um, but you don't need to be all, all weird and pull that on on the first date and be talking about that. You know, ladies, not, you know, my, my dear friend on Facebook, she doesn't need to be talking about her, her cat conversations. Um, bring out your normal person behavior first, okay? <laughs> this will just serve you well all around, okay? Be normal, and if you are not normal, then just ask questions of the other person. If you know, you know you're going to trip up by talking about yourself, just keep, just lean in and ask the questions, okay? Um, but bring out that, bring out that normal person behavior. Uh, don't be crazy. Um, and then what you want to do, uh, um, is, you know, just, just other things, you know, pick a, um, I, I just want to say a thing about safety as well. And I'll touch on this. I'll say one thing about online, online dating, but, um, 
I'm okay with setups. If you don't know people, you know, be willing to be set up, people, okay, with legit people. But um, if you don't know a person, meet them in a public place and uh, drive yourself, you know, show up there, have an end date. You know, don't, this is not like, hi, I haven't met you yet, but let's do a full day at an amusement park followed by a road trip to Virginia. No. (laughs) Um, Have a normal date and figure out if this person is who they say they are. Then at some point, you have to define the relationship. Here's when you define the relationship, after the first date, okay? You don't wait till six months in with no one knowing what's going on. At the end of the first date, guys, within a reasonable amount of time, if you want to go out with this girl again, ask her out again. If you do not, you end the date with, you know what, I really enjoyed getting to know you. I don't really see this going anywhere, but I appreciate your time and thank you for giving me um, just a little bit of insight into yourself. Girls know what that means. Girls, this is where you say, thank you for that date. I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't really have an interest in continuing this, but thank you, blah, blah, blah. Define it, set up expectations. Do not say, oh man, well, we're gonna have to do this again sometime, or yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hit you up on Facebook, or I'll, bleh, whatever. Ask the person out. Don't leave people hanging by their phones or by their... And also, if you can't... I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I feel like you need to do it by phone or in person. I'm not a fan of texting early on in a relationship. I'm certainly not a fan of it when it gets to the point where we haven't defined anything, but we're texting a million times a day, and now we're getting this weird, you know, super-connected relationship and sharing everything. Um, just, just be a grown-up and ask for real and, and say it in person um, and, and end it in person, for that matter, too. Um, I actually had a guy one time who asked me out uh, via Words with Friends. Um, and I remember I called him on it because I'm like, not even texting. This was like in a gay map, you guys. Um, and I was like, yeah. I said, um, are you, I don't know, are you asking me on a date or are you just asking to hang out? Because if you want to hang out, there's a group of us that get together, blah, 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 you're more than welcome. But if this is a date, you're going to need to find a way to do this other than through words with friends. <laughs> and then, of course, he's like, oh, what, what, what do you mean? What am I supposed to do? He went to church with me. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Like hang a banner off the back balcony of the church? And I'm like, better than words with friends. <laughs> better than words with friends. So define it. And to that point, that's are you in or are you out? Make it very clear. Uh, tell them what's up. Uh, let them know where you stand. At some point, the month mark, the three-month mark, the six-month mark, you need to have continuous conversations. Both of you should always be on the same page as what expectations are, where you are in the relationship. Is this exclusive or isn't it? Are we seeing other people? Do I still have my 12 online dating profiles open? You know... <laughs> Let them know where you stand. Honesty is key, and it's going to be uh, serving you best as you move forward um, in the relationship. So to that point, one word about online dating. I'm a fan of online dating. I'm okay with it. Clearly, I've done it. What I'm not a fan of is using online dating as a crutch because you are not willing to meet real people, because you want to just have pen pals indefinitely, um, because you want to scroll through profiles like they're paint samples and uh, uh, approach people with a consumeristic approach. I think online dating is a tool that is great in our culture today where we're so transient. Many of you are away from your families of origin. Many of you are new to town, whatever. Totally fine but you need to set parameters on it. You need to set geographic parameters. You need to give yourself a time limit. So like, I'm gonna do this full bore for three months, not I'm gonna leave my profile open for four years and see if anyone trolls by. Um, 
You're going to bring your friends into this space so that they're going to look at your profiles. Um, I had two of my friends who actually got married off of online dating. Um, They both gave their passwords to their pastors and said, anytime you want to log into our profiles and see what we're talking about, do it. Um, That's hardcore. And... um, So give people access to your life. Don't just sit in your basement or in your apartment, like in the dark, like, you know, randomly having conversations with people, super creepy. And maybe, maybe I did it and it wasn't, wasn't good. I got in these long trails with, with guys just forever, um, sharing way too much of myself that I had no business sharing or talking about. Um, So again, I'm, I'm okay with it, but you've got to do it responsibly just as you would you know, a, a relationship with someone you meet here at church. Um, and also to that, to that point, um, one other thing on that, this is, it's really not online dating, it's really online meeting. This thing is not real until it goes into real time and real space, okay? So if you think you're gonna like talk to someone online for six months and then meet once and get married, nutso, okay? This is a point, at some point, this is why you've got to have your geography locked in. Because at some point, someone's got to move. If you're talking to someone out of state, you're talking, be realistic. What does this look like? And for your own heart's sake, I recommend, you know, bringing that net in further so that the people you know and love can meet this person sooner rather than later. Put it, you know, again, have your little short list together. Make sure you know what your non-negotiables are and stick to it and make people uh, help you stick to it. And so, um, again, now I am not a fan of, as you uh, insinuated from my niece, dating apps like Tinder, the other ones that are strictly created and intended as hookup apps. Why, Why waste your time, folks? Why waste your time in a sea of just garbage? I mean, really, people that are strictly looking for hookups and you're going to say, oh no, that's where I'm going to find my John Piper? Yeah. Um, I'm sure John Piper would have been on Tinder where he's still single, Um, but you know, he's just not there anymore. So no, nutty. Um, Don't, I I wouldn't even give credence to that industry, okay? Um, So give it time, uh, walk forward boldly, and we'll talk, we're going to hit more on this, I'm sure, in the Q&A and stuff, some of the nitty-gritty, but I think we're ready for lunch.